Hi, and welcome back to Travel Time. In this episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit about Sundance Trail. It is a dude ranch in Colorado that I've been to now three times. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about a lot of people might be thinking, what's a dude ranch? Never thought of doing that before. Or you may have heard of dude ranch vacations. And you may be like me when we when I was first asked if I might want to go to one by my mom and think of like city slickers and kind of think that that's, that's the kind of experience that it was like driving cattle and everything. I'll start off by saying, I'm not sure, but there may be ranches like that where you drive cattle still, but a lot of the ranches are now like kind of like guest ranches and there's a whole guest ranch association. There's a lot of different kinds of ranches that offer a lot of different kinds of things from kind of the very fancy guest ranch experience to more of a rustic feel into somewhere in between. And the place where we went, Sundance Trail and Red Feather Lakes, I would kind of classify is not like rustic and roughing it, but also not super fancy. So it was really in between a super comfortable place um, with everything that you need for just a really nice getaway into the mountain. We just fell in love with it. So we went for the first time. My mom and dad had had some friends and who had taken their kids and grandkids to a dude ranch and came back and raved about it. And so my parents thought this would be a great thing to do with their kids and grandkids. One of the pieces of advice they'd been given was the kids should probably be at least seven to really fully enjoy like all the different things on the ranch. And so at the time, I think my youngest was like one. So we had a little while to wait. But the year that my son turned seven, my youngest son turned seven, we did head out. Um, I have a sister who also has her youngest son is the same age as my youngest son. So we waited for the two of them to turn seven. And headed out. So we decided we had looked at a couple different brochures as a family. Um, my parents had narrowed it down to a couple we were looking at. And we all kind of liked the feel of this one. And to be honest, one of the things we liked the most was, and I'll talk about this probably again later, is you get the same horse for the whole week. So they, ass- they assign you a horse like on the first day and you get them for the whole week, which means you really get to know the horse. And just reading the brochure, that's kind of how we felt about it. And I can tell you that in practice, that is very true. The other thing I can tell you before I keep starting is the advice that my mom was given about I'd wait until your youngest person you're taking is seven spot on. Uh, so we, we went when our kids were, one was my youngest was actually six. He was turning seven the week after. So seven and almost nine. And then we went again at nine and almost 11 and then 11 and almost 13. I really do think seven is the longest. So I, you know, obviously if I have a seven-year-old, I've been through the whole baby stage and everything like that. I just don't think it would be as relaxing for the parents to have kids that were younger than that, that couldn't participate as fully in the riding or couldn't do right water rafting. And the white water rafting is a hard can't do because they won't let you do it if you're under seven. Some of the things on the horseback riding and stuff, I would imagine you probably could ride horses if you've been on horses a lot and you're, you know, your kid's pretty confident, they might feel better. I would imagine a lot of kids that are smaller than seven would probably be a little bit nervous about being left alone with a, with a kid's wrangler to do the kid activities. So you might feel compelled to stay back as, as opposed to going and doing some of the adult rides. And I just think it would keep you from having as much of a really whole experience for everyone in the family because some people would have to miss out on some things. I work really hard to make sure that kind of stuff doesn't happen, but I would just wait till they're seven and it'd be worth your money more in my opinion. I will just say that there's just about getting there. We'll start with that. We visited Sundance Trail and Red Feather Wakes, as I mentioned. It's kind of in the northeast part of Colorado, a little towards central. 
we flew into Denver all three times and then we rented a car. So we didn't have to worry about plane issues and things like that. We, every time we flew in the day before, the first time we flew in that way made us do it the same way every other time, because the first time we really did have a plane issue. Our plane was delayed by, I think over eight hours. It was a really long time. We were camped out in the airport. The airport gave us like food vouchers for two meals worth the whole nine yards. The kids thought it was a great adventure because they were seven and nine, but those adults of us who travel for work and stuff didn't, uh, we actually thought it was a good adventure because they were having so much fun, but it, it was definitely funny to see that. Um, so in, in short, I, because you have to get to the dude, the dude ranch, or you don't have to, but check-in time is generally like early afternoon. So you can get settled, get all kind of the orientation stuff done, have dinner, your first dinner on the ranch. So I really recommend giving yourself that buffer time you, know, you don't really want to start off a relaxing week at the dude ranch by running around because your plane was seven hours late. So I just recommend that a lot. It's an easy drive from Denver. Doing what we did where we arrived early, there are a couple different options you can do. We stayed one time in Estes Park, Colorado, and two times in Fort Collins, Colorado on the way in. So I'll talk a little bit about both of those options. When we flew in and stayed at Estes Park. Estes Park is about an hour and a half from the airport. And then the next morning when you would wake up and go and do some stuff and then go to the ranch, it's about an hour and 45 minutes. So for Estes Park, it's longer on the front end and it's longer when you're actually leaving Estes Park and going to Red Feather Lakes. The flip side of that is that it's an entrance to the Rocky Mountains National Park. So if you wanted to tack on a couple extra days to your trip as opposed to just one day, you can actually spend some time in Rocky Mountain National Park and then go up and it's kind of on your way there. Or if you just want to see Estes Park, it's a good, it, it's a nice little town. We stayed at the Stanley Hotel and mainly because we were very interested in the history of the hotel. I personally am kind of always have a little bit of intrigue about ghosts and it's, <laughs> there's some there's some ghost stories associated with it. So I went, I really wanted to kind of hear those. I do recommend it. It's a really cool old hotel. If you're a film buff or a history buff, it's, it's cool in both fronts. One film and one TV series were filmed there. Dumb and Dumber was filmed there. And the 1997 miniseries for The Shining was also filmed there. Outside of that, also the views are just spectacular. It's just an amazing view from where it sits on the top of the town, sort of, and looks down over the town and across the mountains. It's beautiful. They do offer tours in the hotel, three different kinds that I'm aware of. They offer a historical tour. They offer a ghost tour, which in my opinion is sort of like the historical tour, but with a little bit of fun stories mixed in. And a kid's tour. And the kid's tour, most of the adults on our group, and we went... There were about, I'm not counting it out exactly, but there were about 15 of us in our group because it was my parents, my sister's family, our family, plus my mom's sister's family and all their kids. So there were a lot of us kind of going together. The ranch holds like somewhere around 20 or 22 altogether. So we were a lot of those people that were there that week. But we did take most of the adults and the teens that were in our group did take the ghost tour, which gave you a lot of history of the hotel, sprinkled in some of the stories that are associated with the hotel. It was a really fun tour. Uh, we had we had a blast just going around. I loved learning about all the history because I'm very into history. And while we did that, some of the dads took the younger kids. So the boys and their cousins were all seven to ten on this trip. And they did the kid tour. And the kid tour went around and saw kind of the kid-friendly places, the things that kids would be interested in on the grounds, as well as seeing like an antique fire truck 
I think they got to ride in the antique fire truck and dress up like firemen and stuff. So they had they had a lot of fun doing that while we were off on the hill. The town is also really fun just to kind of bum around in. It's got lots of shops and ice cream places and restaurants and things like that. General tourist kind of places. And it's it's a nice little sh- nice little town that you could just drive down from the Stanley, walk around and view, they see things. Clearly, there are a lot of other hotels, too. So if the Stanley is a bit outside your price range or you just want something more low-key, there are lots of hotels at Estes Park. It's a very popular destination because it's also a gateway to the Rocky Mountain National Park. A lot of the people in our group decided to kind of spend the day walking around downtown. There was a lot of purchasing of cowboy hats and things for our, for our dude ranch experience. And my family really wanted the two boys really wanted to get a junior ranger badge for the Rocky Mountain National Park. They have, through their lives, been getting junior ranger badges at lots of national parks we visit. So they want to kind of add to their collection. So we went in there, and I'll preface this by saying we only had, like, the morning before we had to, like, kind of pack up everything and go up to the dude ranch. But we did do kind of a little nice driving tour. They saw some bighorn sheep. We got to see some of the really great views from when you just first enter Rocky Mountain National Park, there's a really small loop that kind of goes around and back into the town. And we kind of did that loop. And so we came back to the town and met up with everyone and took off for the dude ranch. So the other option we've done is Fort Collins. So we did, this one is shorter on both ends. So it's in kind of the most efficient place to stay, in my opinion. It's an hour and 10 minutes from Denver. And then it's only about 45 minutes to 50 minutes from De- from Fort Collins to the ranches. We stayed there two times for two reasons. One is because it's just so ridiculously close and the drive is so much shorter. But the other reason we stayed there is just because we, we kind of like the vibe of the town and how the, you know, just the, there were enough things to do to keep us busy, but it was really low key and we could just kind of relax and get, you know, get our vacation kicked off. There are a lot of really nice little like craft breweries if you're into those kinds of things. We ate at one called Cooper Smith's uh, Pub Brewing and Billiard. And some of the people in the group were um, playing some pool, shooting darts, things like that there. We stayed at two different hotels on the two different trips. I like them both for different reasons. On the last trip we took, we stayed at the Hilton. It's near the University of Colorado there. It was a nice hotel. It is one that you can't walk to town from the hotel, so you have to drive, but it's like a five-minute drive. So you do have the added thing about parking if you want to go into town to do stuff. It is a really nice hotel. There's plenty of room. If you have a big group, you'll have no trouble getting a lot of rooms unless there's something going on at the college, I imagine. The other place we stayed is a historic hotel called the Armstrong And it's a beautiful historical hotel right there on the main strip of Fort Collins. We actually tried to stay there the second time or the third time we went to the dude ranch, but it was all booked up and couldn't take our reservation for the, for the group size we had. That's why we had to find another one for that time. The rooms are small by normal U S standards. So they're not really small by say New York city standards for hotels, but they're small for most U S hotels have bigger rooms than say Europe or downtown or some of the older hotels in San Francisco, for example. But these uh, rooms are more kind of on that level. They're a little bit smaller than most Americans are used to, but they're still really nice rooms. And the architecture in the hotel is really nice. It's it's clearly, it's about a hundred year old hotel, I believe. And it was just a great place to stay and mostly for the proximity to everything else. Um, Another difference between the two hotels, Hilton came with a free breakfast. The hotel, the Armstrong did not have a breakfast, which I'll talk a little bit about where we ate breakfast that day. And we didn't really mind that it didn't have a breakfast. Some highlights of Fort Collins for us, lots of really good little restaurants, just mentioned that. 
At one trip, they had a really nice summer street festival going on, and we kind of got to wander around. There was a lot of live music and stuff like that going on that was fun. We ate breakfast when we stayed at the Armstrong at the Silver Grill Cafe. The breakfast was fabulous. Some of the favorite things we had were Egg Benedict, trout and eggs, cinnamon rolls, things like that. No one that went there had anything that they didn't like. Everything people pretty much loved. So I highly recommend it. We found that one because it was really highly rated on TripAdvisor. I think it was the third most popular restaurant in Fort Collins or something. And they're only open for breakfast. Um, When we were there, and I don't think this has changed, they don't accept reservations. But if you go there pretty early, we were going on, I believe it was a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning. And we were... We got there pretty early and we didn't have any trouble getting seated pretty quickly. But by the time we left, the line was really, really long. So I would err on going a little bit earlier in the morning if you don't want to wait for a long time. Um, My understanding is it usually has a line all the way out the door and down the street most of the time. So those are some places I highly recommend. After we had our night before in those locations, whichever one it was for the trip, we're on our way to the Sundance Trail now. The number one thing I will tell you is plan to disconnect and enjoy the nature. Not only plan to disconnect, but there is no Wi-Fi in your building, um, not in the main building, not the cab, not the cabin. And there's only a very weak Wi-Fi in the rec room for kind of emergency purposes. Like if someone's on a trip and they absolutely have to do something for work or there's a, some kind of thing like that, you can get it. I will say that it's like a two bar signal. So it's not even, you're not going to be able to do much on the signal that's there. Maybe download a couple of emails and not even that will take a long time. So I advise you to just not plug in at all. You also will have no cell coverage. Um, Of all the people that were there, none of the people's cell coverage worked. So the only time you really have cell coverage is when you're on like a trail ride and you go up on a ridge, you might have it for a few seconds, but it's not going to be enough to upload pictures to Instagram for the most part or get emails done or stuff like that. You may be able to get a stray text through, but it's it's not going to be worth even trying. Just uh, resign yourself to your phone as your camera for the trip and enjoy taking pictures is what I would tell you. You will get assigned a room or a cabin by the crew um, or the staff that's there. On two of the trips, my parents did request one certain cabin, but generally we just kind of left it up to their design. And what they generally do is see how many people they have and different cabins sleep different numbers of people and that kind of thing. And so they'll kind of fit the cabins to the mix of people they have. Some of the cabins are full, sleep for and are better for smaller children. Some of them are small or sleep better for teens. Some of them can do whatever. So they kind of just go with what they know the families know it works. And if I were to my honest opinion would be just trust them to know the best place to put you. We stayed in Apache once. It's nice just because it's right next to the kitchen and everything. So if like your kids go to bed and you want to be able to play cards or something, but not be too far away from them with other people in your party. You can do that. It's basically the same building. You're just like in the room next door. We actually stayed in Wyoming twice, which is a cabin that is off a little bit from the main building. And my actual preference, I like the Wyoming cabin better. Um, I like that it's quieter at night. I like that you wake up Or if you're getting ready to go to bed and you're standing on your little porch on your cabin, there are horses just wandering around in front of your cabin eating grass at night. And um, I don't know. I just liked kind of the solitude of the cabin for a little break during the day, especially if you've been, if you're more of an introvert like me and you've been around people all day, sometimes it's nice to just have a few minutes off to the side um, to just kind of have 
a couple minutes of alone time or mountain quiet or I sometimes used it to like write in a journal or something like that. It was just, it was a nice cabin and I really liked it. If I was given an opportunity to pick which cabin I would be in, that's the one I would pick. Um, along the thread of no electronics, there are no TVs and no phones either. You do have power and you have hot water, so don't worry. There is a lot to do at the ranch. They will have a schedule for the week that includes lots of downtime. You can kind of see what the rough schedule for the week is on the internet. And there are options for anything they do. You can always, of course, option take an option to just sit on the on the deck all day and read a book or sit in the jacuzzi or take a hike by yourself. Like the activities are not, you have to do this at this time. It's, it's not a real regimented thing, but they have certain group activities that they have going on most of the time that you can take part in. And there are a couple of days was kind of some scheduled downtime, so to speak, where you can take advantage of ax throwing, which is our family's personal favorite, uh, riflery, archery, anything, things like that. Um, hiking that's on the ground, really just a lot of things like that. Um, our kids favorite was there's a big boulder that's right next to the main building and Virtually any time nothing else was going on, all of the kids, the, my two kids and their cousins were on those boulders on every trip we were on. That was their favorite place to be. They invented wild and crazy games over there and they would just play up there for hours and hours on end. So we just called it the boulders, which I'm sure is probably its official name. Just, just kind of get ready to relax. And if you don't want to know exactly what's coming, they will tell you what's coming each day, like usually the night before at dinner. And then in the morning, they'll give you more details about what's going on for the day. And for example, if riding's on the schedule, they'll come in in the morning and say, who's riding today? We're, you know, who wants to do an all day ride? Who wants to do a half day ride? Those questions might come up and you can just tell them I do, or I don't want to do those things. Um, so just know you have some control over what's there. If you're nervous about some activities at the beginning, as I mentioned, everyone comes up to the deck and kind of meets each other. Everyone that's at the ranch meets all the wranglers, meets all the staff. And you fill out a little survey about what your horse experience has been through your life. You know, how, how much have you ridden that kind of just real simple kind of survey. And during that time, the wranglers that are there and those surveys help guide them to who would be the best match for which horse that they have and what, um, and also the size of the person. So they'll look kind of like at the person's size and is it a really adventurous person who seems like, and you know, may or may not have riding experience, but might be kind of on board for a little bit more playful horse, or is it someone who's real reserved, maybe nervous around horses? They should, they have a maybe kind of easier horse, so to speak. There's, there's a range of that kind of stuff that they look at. Every time I've gone, I've ended up with a horse that's just really matched my personality, especially my kids. My kids have ended up with horses that just are spot on to kind of where they are in life and their personalities. Um, and I just think, I just think that's really cool how they do that in such a short period of time. And then since you have the whole week with it, the horse becomes a good, you know, a friend of yours, so to speak. You kind of learn what works well with your horse and what doesn't. And as you're going on rides, you get, you definitely get better at kind of reading those, reading the room, so to speak. Um, my number one favorite activity is the Colorado trail riding. So they do rides to the Roosevelt national forest after the first day, everybody will kind of do a ride around the perimeter. So the Wrangler can kind of see how comfortable everybody is on the horse and kind of see, are there people who maybe aren't as comfortable who maybe should be in one group that doesn't do as hard a trail? Are there people that are super comfortable and want something really challenging? They'll kind of feel that out. Is, at least that's what I've observed. And 
as they do the longer rides that aren't just kind of the perimeter of the property, which is a big property. So that's a cut. That's a very good ride. It's not like they're just riding around someone's backyard. They, um, the next time you ride, they'll actually kind of group people. And so one or two Wranglers will take four to six people in a group and it might be like one little family or like in the case of our group, they would just kind of kind of split us up by abilities or they might mix and match from day to day if they thought we were all kind of equal. Generally, the first trip we took, we had my cousins that um, were my aunt's kids were all teenagers and they would all go in a teen group together pretty much. And the teens would go riding as they got older and approached their 20s or were in their 20s. They would a lot of times just mix right in with the adults and the kids go off with a kid wrangler. So generally they'll have the kid wrangler and the kids will spend some time actually riding in the horse ring just to make sure they know all the commands and they know what they're doing. Cause a lot of people, a lot of kids like our kids came with very little horse experience. So they learn how to sit the saddles that they have and how to tie up their horses and all the, all the kind of basics. They go over that with the adults too, but it's much shorter. Um, but they, because they really want to make sure the kids are confident. And as the kids gain in confidence, they might take them on a perimeter ride. They might take them on rides up in the uh, national forest. It really just depends on how quickly the kids kind of look comfortable and how they're doing on the rides and how comfortable the Wrangler is with taking them further away from the barn, so to speak. That varies a little bit from week to week. And I know one week, one year when we were there, there were a lot of other kids there who weren't as comfortable as my kids who had been to the ranch before. And at one point they took our kids with a different Wrangler and had them go do a couple trail rides while the other kids stayed in the circle because they were kind of wanting to stay in the ring all the time. So they, they do kind of make those adjustments through the week. Um, I just want to say about the rides. They're just really cool. I think the horses know all the trails pretty well and they navigate them pretty heavily. So the riding just in general is just beautiful. I just enjoyed riding along through it. The trails, some of them, to me like there are some places where the horse is basically climbing up the side of the mountain on rocks i'd never done that before on a horse i was a little nervous at first but i got used to it surprisingly quickly literally they told us on the first day if you don't know where you're going you get separated from your group drop the reins and the horse will just walk to the barn that actually happened to someone in our group they kind of weren't paying attention and got separated they dropped the reins the horse went directly back to the barn so it does work if they tell you that there are some days when you can opt for an all-day ride the all-day ride is limited to kids that are 12 and up so if you have a younger kid who's hanging out because they like to ride with the adults for some reason or if they offer the all-day ride and a kid asks if they can go they have to be 12 or up and they're it sounds like they're pretty strict on that rule we know ne- our kids never cared so it was fine sometimes you'll pack in a lunch in your saddlebag and sometimes the cook will actually drive out and meet and grill up in the mountains, like in the middle of the trail for you. So both of those things were pretty cool. A lot of other things they have, they have some beautiful group hikes, one that's on the premises and some others that are just off the premises that you can take. There's rock climbing on site as well. And so they do have that as an outing one day. And then there are opportunities where you might be able to do it again later in the week if you really like rock climbing. They have what I think might be the hardest disc golf course I've ever seen. It's uh, all up and down the sides of the mountains that the property sits on. And they have disc golf stuff there. So you don't have to take it with you. You can like, check out the disc golf stuff and do it there. All the meals are family style. Uh, all very uh, family friendly. There's always kind of something there. 
my children, as you've heard in a future, other podcasts, are not picky. Some of the kids in our group were, and they still never had any trouble finding anything to eat. If they were having a lot of trouble, they just didn't like what was there. The kitchen would almost always make them a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something. <laughs> so the food is great. I have had a good cook every time I've been there. Um, and just high, highly encourage you to, the seating is open. You just sit at whatever table. If you get quote unquote stuck at a table with people that aren't in your party, enjoy it and get to know them. We've had a lot of fun doing that over the years, even an introvert. Like other things you can do on the, on the land there is horseshoes. There's a rifle range, there's archery, there's swimming on horseback, which is a highlight for us. Um, my son especially loves it where you ride the horse into the lake and the little horse swims with you on their back. He loves it. He just adores it. And then there's occasional wildlife. We've seen moose there. We've seen deer and elk. There are bears in the area, but in three trips there, I've never once seen a bear, black or brown. So I know they're there and they tell you a lot about bear safety, like not leaving food in your car, things like that. But I've never seen one. One day there's also rafting where you can go into town and raft the Kashlapudra River. Some people who don't like to raft or don't want to raft go shopping in town. So there's that option as well. Also have both a jacuzzi and a massage therapist on site if you really want to get relaxed or if you're sore after a long day of riding. A lot of people will be in the jacuzzi. And then lastly, there are some fun things at night that go on. They do square dancing one night where they have someone come in and they do it on the horse ring. And several nights they have campfires and each campfire has maybe some different sort of entertainment during it. Like they have people come in and sing and you can sing along if you want or just enjoy the music. They have s'mores most of those nights. They have a night where they do cowboy poetry. You just come to some nice evening things one night a week when you're there for the week. If there are kids on your week, they do, the kids can sleep out in a teepee and they cook hot dogs outside and tell stories and stuff and sleep out there if they're comfortable sleeping out there while they're having that dinner and playing like outdoor games with the kid wranglers the adults have kind of a more upscale meal and kind of a romantic dinner with it all kind of dressed up in there so that they can kind of have a nice night um with the kids off doing their own things and that that's a lot of fun too i just i keep saying it's a lot of fun the whole trip was great so we just fell in love with the ability to have that much time with our family um, you get to spend time. It sounds like obviously people are going different ways and doing stuff all day, which is true in some ways, but there's also a lot of time where you're just sitting on the porch, chatting with each other, chatting over dinner or lunch or meals. You're always, you're pretty much always together for meals. Just a lot more time to just kind of connect with whoever you've gone with, or just sit there with your thoughts and relax and kind of just let stress from the world go away. I highly, highly recommend this dude ranch in particular, the staff there is always top notch and a lot of fun to work with. And I also, you know, if you don't, if this one doesn't sound like your speed, check out some of the other ones that are there. If there are other things you're looking for, it's just a really nice way to get away. And I think what we really took from it was just the awesome family time. So I will, this one's a little longer episode. I will go ahead and wrap it up here and uh, yeah, check it out. Sundance trails. You can find them pretty easily online if you want to check them out. And happy travels.